Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't be asked to do a whole pile. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring to me, I cuff you, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs> So after nine or ten years, ten attempts, this was the tenth game. Mayo finally beat Dublin in a game they didn't even play well in, which is absolutely incredible. Well, they played well maybe from 63 minutes on. We'll get into that um, in part two. But let's just put some context onto this, um, Aaron. I won't go to you, Ger, uh, first. It might be still a little bit raw for you. Um, 17 attempts, Aaron. We spoke about all this last, um, last Thursday. We have replays. We had sendings off. We had miss freeze. We had own goals. We had them losing last year's final, you know, pretty easily in the end. And then you're wondering, you know... You know, will will they ever be able to beat Dublin? They're nine two down, Aaron, in the first half. Um, their captain is having a nightmare. You know, they're missing the championship's all time leading scorer, Killian O'Connor, the best young attacking centre back in the whole country. Usher Mullins not playing. They're, they're, like any other team would have packed up and got home, Aaron. I'm convinced of it. Uh, there's there's plenty to feel uh, sorry for themselves uh, in everything that you have mentioned there. But I I think from a neutral perspective, it's just something that I really have admired in this Mayo team. Uh, I suppose this is a new team, but just in how Mayo have gone about their business um, this past 10 years or so, absolutely incredible. Uh, Say if you throw in who they were missing and the baggage that comes with it. Um, But it was just compounded by Aidan O'Shea's couple of misses in the first half. Tommy Conroy as well had broke through a couple of tackles right to the edge of the in front of the goal, kicked the ball wide. You had the dubs and Hill 16 jeering and you're just thinking, do you know what? This is just going to be another disaster zone for Mayo. Um, but yeah. for them to have the ability and to have the courage to stick to their principles, to get an energy level out of somewhere to come back and do what they did is incredible. Um, and I think 
everyone obviously bar Jair and the Tubbs uh, we were sitting on the edge of our seats at home hearts racing um you know really getting into the game um and it was yeah it definitely was it was a Saturday afternoon well spent for us all it, it definitely was Parako Hora said after the game we love a battle we always seem to put ourselves at the bottom of the hill before we go climbing it and that was it Colin O'Rourke said at half time I went in from the press box and he says uh, we might as well pack up and go home or something to that effect I don't think RTE were probably too happy with him as thousands tuned out to watch something yeah. else because the game was over Gerald like let's be honest no it was, it, it, it was gone you were sitting back I think I think maybe it was 32 minutes Dublin were 10-3 up and uh, I remember chatting to the wife and it says I actually hope Mayo kick even a score or two just to make things interesting otherwise Dublin will go into that kind of uh, key possession uh, game that they play and again it'll just be a, a, a brutal affair for 35 minutes and we'll be all bored over heads but in fairness to Mayo they were able to uh, get their act together after half time and, and began to push on and, and uh Forced Dublin into uh, a lot of uncharacteristic, uh, unforced errors, which obviously changed the game. But um, yeah, it was it was really a game of two halves, uh, literally. When you look at the uh, seventy minutes without getting into the extra time, yeah, it was all Mayo in extra time. There was only one team going to win it at that stage. Dermot O'Connor keeping that ball in, Aaron. Have you ever seen anything like that before? And like, I mean. When I was after after the game, I was thinking back. Oh, Mayo pressed up, and Mayo did so well in the second half. Mayo weren't really great in the second half either. Like it was sixty three minutes, they were still five behind. It was three mm. two in the second half. This moment of I, and I didn't even think it was inspiration at the time. Aaron, I saw him launch himself at that goal, and Jesus, and he a gallant loser now because I didn't see any way come back mm. from Mayo five down in sixty three minutes. And that did end up being the ins- inspiration that Mayo needed because from the very next kick out, Flynn got a point. And finally, the Mayo fans had something to bloody get on, on board with because they hadn't really. And even though Mayo were getting a few points in the second half, they were kicking away ball. And, they were, you know, the Mayo crowd just were desperate to get in behind their team. And it wasn't until Dermot O'Connor did that, I don't think, that they proper, properly kind of drove them on. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's not actually what he did. Um, well, obviously, it was very important to keep the ball in. But, like... Who would have bothered the head going for that? Yeah. Like everyone, the way the game was going, you see a miss kick by Hanley, it's tailing well wide. You'd nearly throw your eyes to the heaven and go, ah, oh, Jesus, here we go again. Sprints across, gets a foot in it, get a point of it, and like you say, immediately get another score. The game changes on that there then. Because that was the change. They yeah. get a bit of belief. The crowd then start to get behind them. Dublin started to come under a bit more pressure, and then everything changes after that there. But... Did you say it for him to to sprint the whole way across the box, ten yards outside the box, swing a leg just to keep a ball in play? Um, it it was I don't even know what he was thinking, um, <laughs> do you know? But it worked. Uh, yeah. It it had the desired effect, and just something like that. It's just so Mayo, do you know? Who else would have bothered running across to do that there? Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was different, um, but very, very effective. Yeah, different, but pure Mayo. And that's the truth. You could injure yourself doing it. Now, there's no way he, there's no way he, he meant that assist for Kevin McLaughlin. Like, I mean, he's not that skillful that he can yeah. launch himself in the air. He just wanted to keep the ball alive. Like, it's just Mayo through and through. He just didn't want, you know, he just wanted, he just fought on his back, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, and like Darren O'Connor and, and, and Kevin McLaughlin have, have been around for a number of years and, and they've suffered a fair few uh, defeats. And um, for me, both lads probably didn't have wonderful games, the grand games, but, but that particular clip, 
showed that the desire that they still had that they did want to get over the line and they did want to to beat Dublin, but yeah, it was it was a, a will to win, and 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 in fairness, it was um, again because McLaughlin for me was quiet, but to take that ball on, it was a lovely finish, and then what happened after that, then from the kick out and everything else. Just may have really got the momentum from that point. Yeah, you know? it was more of a never give up. Just never, ever give up. I saw yeah. loads of pictures going around with never give up on it as he's flying through the air. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. And it, there is moments in a game that can inspire a team. And I think that did inspire. Yeah, yeah. I did inspire the crowd and it inspired Mayo. Like, I mean, we have to talk about Aidan O'Shea, Aaron. Like, I mean, he had a nightmare. And what a decision by James Horan to take him off. And it's almost like when you're playing that badly, it's almost he did that almost for Aidan O'Shea's benefit rather than say, he, you know, he's been terrible. He he like nothing went right for him. He had no positive impact on the game at all. Like the he got three balls in the first half. Um he kicked the first one wide when he should have taken it on when Davy Byrne tri- uh, uh, tripped up. He's not the most accurate player. Then he messed up the mark, hit the post, an easy point. The hill was jeering him. Now they're jeering your leader and your mm. your your inspirational player. And then he gets caught in possession, he gives away a hand pass. He just had to be taken off, but not many managers would have done it, Aaron. Yeah, it was. It's a huge call, um, you know, because he is obviously the captain um, and, you know, so much has revolved around him for such a long period of time on that team. But to be fair to James Horan, it had to happen. You know, it was the right call to make. Yes, it's a tough call, but was it the best call to make at that stage? You said there was just nothing was happening for him. Um, if you go right back to the first ball that he gets with Davy Byrne, like it wasn't until I, I can't remember where I met him and, in Dublin or a function or something one night and the man is a monster he's he's as big a man as you're going to come up against in a football field but he won that ball inside the 14 on Davy Byrne like kicking points isn't his strong point but going into contact shrugging a man off even if he had it went in and fisted it over the bar or tried to bury it in the back of the net you know but he didn't look confident he, he didn't know whether he wanted to take the mark he was looking to feed it off their runner yeah. his last option the last thing he wanted to do my reading of his body language was shoot and you could tell he didn't kick with confidence and a tail wide at the near post you know I would have liked to see him catch the ball go straight at Davy Byrne try and create a goal opportunity a fisted point anything you know then he's in the game you see the dubs then got on his back, the supporters got on his back in front of the hill. The next mark he takes then as well. You could nearly see from his body language. Yeah. He wasn't that, and I know it's only 14 yards out, but he wasn't that confident um, in taking the mark. Uh, and you say it, the game just ran away from him. But it was the right call to make. It was a huge call to make, but it was the right one. Um, and to be fair to the whole Mayo team again as well, nobody dropped their heads. Nobody started feeling sorry and thinking, Jesus, not working out for Aiden, our captain. Um, you know, it's going to be another one of these days. They just got a new lease of life. Um, not just saying necessarily off the back of that there, but it didn't diminish their team. You know, it didn't set them back in any way at all, which again, you have to give them huge credit for. Yeah, and I suppose it was James Carr came on for him and he kicked as bad a wides as Aidan O'Shea did. Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like that was the inspired substitution because Carr was terribly wasteful. But Aidan O'Shea, uh, Ger, like, I mean, it didn't go right for him. Do you think Manny cut 49 minutes he's taken off? So in terms of what Aidan is good at um, having obviously played against him and watched him a fair few times he's very good playing off instinct and like Aaron described when there's players around him and he's able to shrug guys off and you know create overlaps for himself and bring other guys into the game what happens with a lot of guys when they're in an unfamiliar position and they have time to think about it 
that they overthink and something happens between the brain and the foot and the ball doesn't go where you want it to go. And that's why I would admire free takers or goal kickers in, in, in rugby because the game stops and you have to, even uh, uh, Henley at the end, you know, to, to, to kick that score then uh, at the end, um, you have to be very, very mentally strong uh, to be able to do that. And, and, and it is a skill set you've got to practice. I think that James Horan, you're looking at the risk-benefit analysis. Uh, the risk is, I believe him on, he's, he's, he's having a stinker. Uh, they were protecting, like you say, from himself. But then another risk is if you take off the leader psychologically, um, is you it's know, a lift for the opposition. It's a lift for the opposition. So, so he, I'm sure he weighed up all those things in his head, but he got it right. You know, he just he he, he had a poor day, uh, O'Shea. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, he had a nightmare. Like yeah. I mean, and he moved him out to midfield as well. He tried to get him into the game, and he just couldn't. He started making mistakes when he went out around the midfield. Yeah. It's just yeah. like his brain had scrambled. I think, especially yeah. after the second one that hit the post, the mark. Yeah. That was kind of it. It was interesting. He brought Connor Loftus back on before he brought back on Aidan O'Shea. So he was going back, Aaron, into his. You know, who can I bring back on that, uh, that's already played? And Loftus came back on before Aidan. Aidan only came on for the last kind of minute, maybe to defend those those free kicks. Yeah, in fairness, like putting Conor Loftus back on at that time, uh, he's, he's very mobile, um, a good passer of the ball inside, um, you know, and I suppose to, to bring on Aiden, it was the running game in the second half that they really got going again, the energy and the drive from all over the field and I, I just don't think James fancied Aiden, you know, in a foot race if he had to put him out round the middle of the field with with the Dublin players, um, so I would say that's why Loftus went back on ahead of him. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was actually sorry to cut you off. He was actually very unlucky at the start of the second half. That ball by Paddy Durkin, I, that didn't look over the line to me. Now Aiden wasn't going for goals there either. He was heading off away from goals even when he caught it. Did that look over the line to you? I thought he'd saved that. I I, I thought he had. Um, I thought he just had got it flicked back in before uh, before he had stepped out over the end lane, but. To be honest with you, it just looked like it was just compounding, yeah, <laughs> compounding yeah. things that, that were going wrong for the for the man and the day. Um, but he's been there long enough. He's experienced enough. He obviously has a good relationship with James, and there's an awful lot of trust there. Um, you know, he is the captain of that team. There's nobody going to be as motivated or as driven or as focused, uh, or shouldn't be anybody as driven or as focused as him over the next month. Um, in terms of what lays ahead for him personally and uh, what a big performance from him uh, can can help lead them to. Yeah, so like, I mean, we have to talk about John Small's uh, shoulder on Owen McLaughlin. Obviously, we all know Owen's after um, he's suffered a broken jaw and he's in surgery and all that. And like, I mean, geez, that's horrific. And your mm. thoughts go out to Owen yeah. um, for the hit. Now, when, when we start talking about this, there's a lot of stuff going around. We'll all agree this was not an elbow. There's too many pictures going around. Yeah. When John Small hit him with his, sh- with his elbow tucked in down by his ribs, he hit him. Oh, McLaughlin fell down and his, sh- his elbow came up after. And there's some pictures doing the rounds that are making out that that elbow was up there before the hit. And it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace on John Small and his reputation as a footballer. Now, let's talk about the actual hit. Uh, Ger, as a kind of a man who might like to, you know, throw out a hit or two, mm. I've received hits or two. John Small went in to hurt Owen McLaughlin. He went in to rattle him. And if John, if Owen McLaughlin had to go leave the field because of that, I've no doubt John Small would be happy with that outcome. That's what he went to do. The, the pass from Hessian had a little bit too much hang time on it. And Small went in to nail him. There is no way he went to break his jaw. I would not accept that in any way. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is Small didn't time it right. It was slightly on the inside of his shoulder, caught his jaw, right? McLaughlin fell down, knocked out. 
um, the referee played it on. So number one, there's three things to discuss here. Was the hit, did it look bad in real time? The replay, and should the ref have stopped it? So I, I, I think... You've, you've said everything you've said there I fully agree with you Wooly and, and, and not to uh, be adding to it but but, but just as, as a dub and knowing John I think maybe scummy is not the right word to use but some of the still shots going around and being used by reputable uh, um, newspaper uh, journalists and uh, and whatnot of him showing the elbow up I think it's disgraceful um, when you hit a guy a shoulder it's just natural momentum that the arm comes through and that's just the way uh, that's just yeah. physics the way the body moves uh, did did John Small go in to absolutely nail him and leave a bit on him absolutely did he want to uh, break a guy's jaw absolutely not but when you're going in to hit a guy like that you are looking to cause a bit of decent pain um, that puts your man off his game or potentially out of the game but without, without causing serious injury um, I think it was very unfortunate um, um, for me in real time I thought it was a great hit um, for me in real time over the course of the game and I'm seeing Connor Lane up close with UCD and Carlo I think he's a poor ref I think he's he, he's he's like a you know an intermediate junior footballer playing senior football uh, he's not good enough if you, if you, if you, if you ask me right. and he should have stopped the game but I think it was very unlucky for Owen McLaughlin but you now if the shoe was on the other foot a Mayo fella would love to nail a dub guy in the same way without wanting to cause that sort of damage like you know yeah. but, uh, but, but, but that's the nature of the sport again yeah. risk, risk, risk reward you're going in to play a physical game you know that there are there is a chance over the course of your career you're, you're, you're going to take some sort of serious serious hit um, and with John's one he went in legitimately and fairly but the time and just slightly off or the angles just slightly off but you're talking about half an inch an inch but as, as a referee all I would say to Conor Lane um, uh, is that it was probably difficult because the thing happened so quickly like we had to see replays from different angles to yeah. to, to actually you know uh, break it down and to be using the bloody digital pen to to look at this and that, but that's not how sport works, like you know. No, well, that's the thing, Aaron. So I'm like, real time, I'm on the fence whether I would, whether I thought it was a fair. I thought, you know, fair, bit reckless. You know, was it a free? Was it a red card? I would said in real time, I probably wouldn't give him a red card. On the replay, I would give a red card. We'll probably all be in agreement that Lane should definitely, whether it was a free mm. or a red card, rank, should have stopped the play the minute McLaughlin fell uncontrolled, you know, uncontrollably down um, to the ground. What's your take on it? Yeah, so, so uh, like I don't disagree with anything that is said there. Um, like you are allowed. Let's be clear. Like you're allowed to to go and hit hard, shoulder to shoulder, and one hundred percent. That's what John Small planned to do: hit direct contact, shoulder to shoulder. It just didn't work out like that. It was slightly mistimed. McLaughlin turns slightly in them that he's more frontal on. Um, it was a suicide pass. Like as soon as the ball was passed, because on TV you could see the wide angle. I was sitting at home going, ah, geez, he's going to get rolled off here. Yeah. You could see that it was going to happen. Um, but he did connect clearly with the jaw. Um, and the only thing I'll give Connor Lane, I'll give him a bit of a Bible, is that he was on the far side of it. So he couldn't see that it hit him on the jaw. But for me, what it is completely out of order is Owen McLaughlin was knocked clean out. On TV, you could see he mm. falls face first on the ground under no circumstances should play have went on there. There's not a sport in the world no. that would have let that game run on there. Like It was scandalous that he let that play go on. 
everyone knew that man's badly hurt. Like he was completely out. He didn't even get his hands down in front of him. His face bounces off the ground and he lets play go on. Yeah. Is he for real? You can't do that there. Yeah. Like, he has a duty of care to the players on that field. And what he let go on there was scandalous. And there's no excuse in that whatsoever. Even if, if you're standing close and it's a fair hit, you'll hear the, you'll hear the wind leaving a man. If it's shoulder to shoulder and you're winded and nearly your ribs are overlapping, but that wasn't a fair hit. That man was knocked out cold and took a severe blow to the head and players should never have went on. Now, for me, John Small, yes, tries to hit him as hard as he can fairly. It doesn't come off, but it is a straight red card. There's no doubt about it whatsoever. But for me, Connor Lane, how he let... Like, there was no free, there was no red card, and Ray and Basquiat should have really went in and sucked the ball in the back of the net, and game's over completely, and... It's another poor me story for Mayo again. But so much happened in that it should have been rectified and wasn't at that time. It was Mick Fitzsimons hit Lee Keegan in last year's final, a similar yeah. one. You know you know these balls, lads, that have too much hang time and yeah. it crosses your mind. Yeah. Like it crosses your mind to say, when I catch this, I could be met. Now, if that was any other Dublin defender, they might not have rattled McLaughlin. John Small's game is that he likes That's to rattle, it, lads. Yeah. And he rattled Connell Keeney in the county final last year. Remember that picture yeah. where the two of them yeah. are almost like they're both in a car accident? That's his game. Yeah. I don't see a problem with that. Like, I mean, that, that's just the way the game has always been. And when you catch those suicide balls, you know you're going to be open. But windy players pull out of them. And if brave players go for them, accepting the fact that I could get completely wrote off here. Like, I've had my spleen ruptured by a shoulder that went in under my arm. I've had like, I went in for a, a throw ball when I was in a county final one year and a, a lacy lad, centre forward or centre back, a 35 year old man, I was 18, we both went in for the same ball. He, straight shoulder into the face, cracked my back too. I don't look at any of those lads as out, they're contacts that happen in a game. Yeah, yeah. They're not scumbags. Yeah. They're, that, that's the game of football. It's a yeah. contact game. And my, I, my heart goes out to McLaughlin, but John Small went in to rattle him and he got it wrong. He didn't mean to break his jaw. He meant to hit him flush on. Technically, John Small was reckless because it's very hard to time them, Jer, as he's turning. Yeah. Like you, have, you don't have much of a target. Do you know? Yeah. He's going to be hitting him on the outside of that shoulder. Yeah. And, you know, you would almost say to John Small, if you're the manager, if you keep doing that, John, you're going to be sent, you know, you're going to be sent off. You might try to t- tone that down a little bit in him, but like it's part of the game. It's part of the game and, 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 and to remove it from the game, I think, would be disastrous. It'd be, it would go to be, uh, it could become a non-contact sport. Um, like the timing of a shoulder like that, we don't see it as often in, 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 in Gaelic games. James McCarthy is another guy who's able to do it well. Um, and uh, you mentioned Michael Fasimes as well, but like, would you, because one guy, unfortunately, has um, had a, a, an horrific injury, do you all of a sudden change the rules because of that? But, like, people want to see that contact. Obviously, you want to see it timed correctly, and the guy who was being hit is in a position to take the hit and defend himself. But as the, as the uh, aggressor and the defender trying to, you know, leave a mark on a guy fairly and hardly, you know, it's 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 you know the game is so fast and intercounty football is so fast that 
you know, to, to, to always get it exactly right isn't, it just doesn't always happen, like, you know. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. So we'll move off that one um, now and wish Owen uh, the very yeah. best um, in his recovery. The Dublin in discipline in general, um, Aaron, like, I mean, James McCarthy, Elbow and Dermot O'Connor completely uncalled for. De- James McCarthy, the first time I ever saw him lose his mind. And what he did for the last three at the end was just nothing short of incredible. This was Dublin's last roll of the dice. And James McCarthy, is it Lee Keegan? He went in and just jumped on him. He'd lost his mind. His brain had scrambled and I've never seen it before for such a disciplined player to do two indisciplined things like that. Aaron, he was, in, he was dispossessed by Ryan O'Donoghue uh, towards the end. Um, I think that was for the Kevin McLaughlin, for, for, for a free for Kevin McLaughlin, which was completely out of character. But I suppose the, the worst one was jumping on Lee Keegan that time when it was Dublin's last kick of the game and gave a free out. Yeah, like it's just so uncharacteristic for for James. Um, but he probably, and I suppose hindsight's a wonderful thing. But there just looked like there was a bit of frustration in Dublin all season. Yeah. You know, the, the same drive, desire, hunger, whatever you want to call it, just didn't seem to be there. We all kept thinking, you know, give them a bigger challenge, and and it's just going to come. Um, but ultimately, whenever it really come to it the other day. They were just were flat. They were flat all over the field. Whenever it become a battle, whenever they've been at their best and at their most composed to see out wins, uh, it wasn't there. And I suppose just what happened, James, later on, he said, very lucky to get away with the Jeremy O'Connor one. I don't think it was a real serious pullback at the elbow, but it was just, it was a bit of frustration in him. And you could see it was a bit of frustration. The last one then, they like, say, whenever you're, you're chasing the game, so albeit maybe the game was up at that stage, but um, to, to just run in, Sort of jump up, grab him by the neck, slam him to the ground. It, um, yeah, it just was. You could see at that stage that his head was completely it, gone, um, and the game was gone from them. Yeah, and 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 that didn't happen during the seventy minutes. Like that happened, like Aaron said, over the course of the season. That there was obviously uh, a lot of frustrated players. The captaincy there, was it, taken off of James McCarthy. Do you think that might have pissed him off a little bit? Well, I, I, for a, for a club man of Desi's, I I actually didn't even know. Um, well, maybe the, the game, cap- sorry, the game, maybe the the game was started. Was, it was, well, it, well, it went to Johnny Cooper then. But maybe yeah. it wasn't taken off him. Maybe he was just he was captain at the start of the year, but Johnny yeah. Cooper wasn't around. Yeah. So I I I I don't I've, we don't know the answers obviously, no. but like clarity, players need clarity, and 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 where there's a lack of clarity and there's too many whispers, um, all sorts of rumors can you know uh, grow within the group. And maybe management sometimes at the outset needs to be very clear that look at James is going to captain us for the next few games. Uh, and Johnny's vice captain. Um, when Johnny's back and Stephen's still away, Johnny's going to be captain. I don't know yeah, yeah. What, what happened, but you do need clarity there. But but a lot of the stuff that happened, the 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 the, the off the ball stuff that uh, obviously happened was was born out of huge frustration for for a lot of Dublin fellas. You never see that though. No, don't you, no, don't you? Uh, yeah, you rarely you rarely see it. No, but Darren O'Connor, um, gas man, obviously t- a talented player, but like he, he's a devil for going down for me, um, rolling around on the grounds. Um, no, he does go down easily, but that was into the, easy, that was yeah. into the neck. It, to be fair it, to him, now. yeah, but but sure, James. Ah, I knew. I know it was. He did what he did, James. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I I'm would not go going, down if I got an elbow in the neck. Would you not? I I wouldn't. No, no, no it's not in my nature. But I can understand why a forward would. But but um, Dermot's brother Killian is a great forward because he's a narky fecker. And he's great at throwing up his own elbows as well, which, which is fine. 
I've, I've said that yeah. before. But the, but the brother Dermot, geez, he frustrates me sometimes over the years. Yeah, no, he down. does go down yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, I will yeah. accept that, but I don't think on this. I don't think that this. Yeah. <laughs> Philly came on, of course, Aaron and True started pinching lads, and of course there was a big melee then, and Aidan O'Shea ran in on the field, and that needs to be called out as well because you can't be doing that. And he was in on the field, getting involved with Philly, and it was all getting very messy at that stage. Yeah. To be honest with you, the whole thing had lost the plot at that stage. Like, I couldn't believe what I was saying because I didn't hear the whistle blown and I don't even believe the whistle was blown. I, I don't know whether full time was up or not, you know, but very Connolly, he had to just stop it at that stage because it was chaos. Like, but <laughs> what was Aidan O'Shea doing running out into the middle of the field after being that rank, yeah. you know, during the game where he had a stinker? Like, his head was gone and he was just sitting in the stand, you know, maybe he was just getting caught up in the whole emotion where there's the big comeback, the draw on level, like, but I'd say he found himself in the middle of that field and he was thinking, what am I after doing? Like, what am I out here for? <laughs> to be fair, um, to be fair, like, to be fair to him, he didn't run from the stand. He was down warming up the whole, whenever he got taken off, he was warming up. He was, he would have been, to, he just ran in. He, he obviously got a rush of yeah, blood. Th- th- that's fair enough. But like, on no circumstances do you run onto the field whenever you're off as a sub in that situation. Like, it's certainly not going to sort things out. Like, it's just going to make things worse. Um, and again, it, it didn't get, it was only a bit of handbags, a bit of personal shoving, the usual rip train to see who can rip whose jersey here. Um, but it wasn't helpful to the situation in terms of, you know, it, it could have lost focus again. But um, yeah, th- there wasn't much made of it, but it, it was like, it was very, very surprising to see someone of his stature and experience and someone who was a sub coming ra- running back onto the field to get involved Um you know, it could have led to something much worse, you know, where you could have a few dubs then start following them and then it just gets out of control altogether. Yeah, to be fair, um, Aidan O'Shea is getting a free pass on this, whereas if that was Philly McMahon with a bib on on the sideline yeah. and he yeah, ran yeah, into it, with you. you know, like that reaction would have been a lot worse, I'm yeah. sure. And, and it was something that was missed on, on, on the Sunday game um, last night um, where it was only all the Dublin stuff was highlighted and rightly so, but you have to bring some sort of balance to it. So a guy running on from the sideline with a bib on, um, warrant something, um, probably a yellow card within the game and stealth, but you know, but you can't be just running on. Yeah, no, we definitely agree with that. One other two uh, more referee decisions before we move into the match. Con foul on Keegan was a yellow, possible black. Um, Davy Byrne um, got. A, was he got the, he pulled McLaughlin. he pulled McLaughlin's yeah. jersey. You see, they look like blacks because McLaughlin fell. Yeah, but it's not technically a black card. It's yeah. a yellow card for a pull of the jersey. Yeah. You know, like I mean, a lot of the players now are falling, and rightly so. If you're being fouled, make yeah. sure the ref gives you the free. Doesn't make them black cards. The one that actually the bla- one black card was given was a terribly harsh black card. Basquel was actually running towards the player that he was. Tra- I think it was uh, it was a John Small. He was passing it to. What was he meant to do there, Aaron? Like, I mean, he's he's running that way. Yeah, we, we, we've spoken about this a couple weeks ago yeah. on the show and I can't remember which one. He's not a genie. He can't disappear. Yeah, like, yeah. Where's he to go? Like, no, he can see he does make a wee bit of eye contact where he sort of knows what he's going to do. It was the throne game, uh, Kieran McGeary. That's the one that was we spoke it, yeah. about. But, but what can he do? He can't get out of the way completely. Like he ha- his, his momentum was taking him that way anyway. He had to jump to make sure he could pass the man that was running or you have to do an exaggerated halt of the brakes, you know? So yeah, it was. That was a very, very harsh black card. Um, the, the other one, I suppose, in, in real time, whenever you've seen um, Davy Byrne pulling back Kevin McLaughlin, you're thinking 
that's a black card. But whenever you slow it down, it's not a deliberate. He pulls his jersey, all right, but you don't fall to the ground because somebody pulls your jersey. Kevin McLaughlin knew what he was doing. He was trying to go down. Um, he got the free, which was fine. But for me, um, whenever you watch the replay back, no, not a black card. He didn't need to fall to the ground. It wasn't a deliberate pull down. It was a deliberate pull back. Okay but not a deliberate drag to the ground. There, there was a lovely moment just to finish up on is when that black, when Basquiat had popped it to John Small. Do you remember John Small kept going and Lee Keegan came across and burst him with a shoulder onto the ground? Yeah. And Lee Keegan landed on top of him as a little bit of wrestling. Then the two of them just got, stood start up, smiling. looked at each other and started <laughs> laughing. Yeah, and yeah. the two of them didn't let on. They just started smiling at each yeah. other like two hardy bits yeah. of stuff now. Yeah. And they start smiling. And the minute they walked away from each other, they both went down holding their, their but they didn't want to let on. They were, they were hurt. You know what yeah. I mean? It was, I thought that was just a class kind of moment between two, you know, really, really tough bits of stuff. Yeah, and 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 it's great to see that. And and I've met Lee uh, on occasion, and he's just a wonderfully level-headed, uh, humble guy. And whatever he gets from this season, he deserves. Um, and 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 two lads who are have been known and Keegan for being comfortable with the rough and tumble over the years. Probably don't see as much because he's in the full back line this season, but um, just two lads with a healthy respect for one another and appreciate appreciating what the other guy is doing. You yeah, know? healthy respect for a, a good shoulder. Respect. So yeah, Small exactly. was under yeah. on the receiving end of that one. Right, we'll leave it there, boys, and we'll come back and we'll uh, chat about the match. All right, so Mayo 17, Dublin 14. That's after extra time. It was only 13 um, all at the end of full time. Like 13 all, you know? know. Like neither team sparked in the forwards um, at all. Let's start at the start. Like, I mean, there was a few changes on the Mayo team. Conor Loftus went wing forward. Tommy Conroy came out to the half forward line. Aidan O'Shea and Ryan O'Donoghue were left in a two-man full forward line. And on the Dublin side, you had Kieran Kilkenny and Con and Dean Rock in the full forward line. Surprisingly, Karma Costello went out on Paddy Durkin, which I didn't see coming um, at all. And you, you had a, a situation where Lee Keegan was picking up Kilkenny at the start and O'Hora was picking up Con. And after about 50 minutes, they changed those two because Dublin had started pretty well. And it ended up that that change was a brilliant change <coughs> because, you know, both of them did so well under on their respective markers. But I suppose we start with the Dublin start, Aaron. And like, I mean, it wasn't a situation where... Um, you know, Dublin were lethargic here at the start. Dublin started really well and they were able to turn Mayo over. They got a couple of good points with, you know, I, I remember a Paddy Small pass into Conor Callaghan, a layoff to Kilkenny, a point off the left. They got one or two points out of being patient. You know, like there was variety to their attacks. They were 4 nil up or 5-6-2 up and you're looking at Dublin are playing fairly well here. Yeah, you were. And if you think of Dean Rock, he always comes in the loop in on the right foot, but he, he actually come from full forward, sweeping out towards the cues, kicked one off his yeah. left foot, which which was a super score. Um, you had a bit of link with play between Paddy and John Small as well, um, where they did a one-two and he, he just wheeled back out, gave himself a wee bit more space under Hogan, kicked a good one. So they were, they were chipping away nicely and they were getting like simple scores, creating good opportunities. Um to be fair, I understood the analysis at halftime as well um, because of what the actual scoreline was. But just for me, it was a wee bit closer. It was whatever it was. Like you had the Conroy chance that you said they missed in the first half and the two Aidan O'Shea ones. Like they were simple opportunities that you just should never be missing in yeah. a game like that there. But for me, at least they were creating those opportunities. You could have been getting in a 10-7 at halftime 
and the narrative is completely different. So I had that in the back of my head, but for me, I was thinking like we're going to need one, maybe two goals from from Mayo to get them back into this game, which didn't at all look like it was going to happen. And then obviously the way Dublin can see out games and, and keep possession and that there, that's why I thought, right, I just can't see Mayo coming into this game. Um, but they did create a few simple chances in the first half that they should have been closer uh, to Dublin than what they were because Dublin weren't really going after them in terms of trying to rip them open and create goal chances. Um, and that's where I felt whenever Dublin were on top, they didn't look to kill the game off, which the great Dublin teams from a couple of years ago, similar to what the great Kilkenny Hurling team would have been, they would have went for the juggler whenever they were on top and, and finished the game off. And for me, they just left Mayo in it enough to give them a wee bit of hope. That was it. And like, I mean, James Horan referenced that as well. You've the two Aidan O'Shea ones. Now, they're two gimmies, you know, yeah. so that's 10 6. You know, you've yeah. maybe Ryan O'Donnell or Tommy Conroy, one of the two of them, and you're at 10 7. So the, the problem was, was Mayo were missing them. Yeah. And it wasn't just so much that Dublin were scintillating and so much better than them in general play is that Mayo weren't at the races up on the scoreboard and it's not so much Dublin were unbelievable more that Jesus you know this is too easy for Dublin yeah. you know because Mayo can't get the scores yeah 10, 10 6 10 7 probably would have been more reflective of, of uh, how the first half went um, Mayo when you when again how what they're really good at is 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 for me is running hard and running in numbers. And now they, they, they did kick a, f- a few long balls into Aidan O'Shea. Only three. And he won. Well, he kicked three. He, and he won, won two and one was went over his head. Conal uh, Collin was back there. Yeah, flick yeah. One, the flick went back as well. So um, that was obviously a ploy that they were looking just to probably mix things up. And a couple of positional changes that you outlined at the start to keep the dumb defenders on their, on their, on their toes. But... Uh, but the end of the the match, they ended up going back into their more national positions, and and that's what made a difference. Now, uh, for me, the, the 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 frustrating thing as a as a as a dub was was uh, you know that keep ball um, uh, game boring game plan that Dublin went into. You know, maybe that's something you do in the last five or six minutes if a team is putting a big press on you and and, and you've a few points up. But you know, when there's only 25, 30 minutes gone in a match. You got to keep probing. You got to keep asking questions of the opposition, and you got to keep the scoreboard ticking over, because you know all you're doing is giving the other team oxygen and and keeping them in the game. And in fairness, we know so much about Mayo; they're quite a resilient group, and and they never go away. They, you know they, they they go down fighting, um, um, and winning in this case. You know, so uh, so I, I was disappointed from a Dublin point of view that that they 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 weren't further ahead or didn't look to create more chances when they got that bit of a lead that they kind of took the foot off the gas a bit, you know. Yeah, did no goal chances other than Baskell's and that should never have been a chance because James McCarthy maybe with a half chance. But like, I was trying to look at this and I remember tweeting after the after the match, Aaron, and maybe y- y- you see the last 15 minutes of the second half and then you see the extra time and you think that, you know, Mayo were doing this the whole way through the second half. Like, Mayo weren't great in the second half up until 63 minutes. Like, the reality was the first 10 minutes of the second half to score a point. Like the game had turned into a desperately boring spectacle at that stage. Dublin messing around with it and Mayo not not much better. A lot of kicking the ball away. And then they got two points before the water break. So now you're looking at a situation where it is 10-7. But then Dublin come out after water break and get two points. Now, even when you look at Mayo won that first before the water break, break 3-0, Dean Rock kicked the wide he wouldn't usually kick uh, Conor Callaghan um, hit the post with a fisted effort like that was even Stevens really on the balance of play at the start of the second half there was not much change only Dublin were wasteful and like again 
Dublin come out after the second water break, score two points. There's five in it then. Up until the 63rd so, minute. And Mayo weren't chasing them down at that stage. Like Mayo were kicking a lot of ball away. It was a scrappy game. It wasn't, it wasn't a good spectacle at all. And a few good passages of play, the two of them in particular, ended up with James Carr making the perfect run out yeah. from full forward, turning on his right foot, kicking it wide at the near post. And you could just hear the groans coming, mm. you know, from the Mayo support. You know, they were... He'd done everything right, bar obviously the finish. So yeah, you're spot on. It's not as if they were shooting the lights out for the duration of the whole second half and Dublin were under severe pressure. They were doing the right things again, but their shot execution was letting them down. And you say it just it was a few times where it was fist pass, should have gone to a man's chest, went to his ankle, skids away from them. Um, basic errors that, that were very frustrating. Um, but to be fair, then, once they sensed a bit of blood, and for me, one of the key turning points was Lee Keegan's point because, yeah. because of who it was. Because it was him and he was carrying the fight again because we've seen him so many times going up and scoring goals um, in, in those All-Ireland finals. But for me, I just felt, right, here's the main man stepping up now. He is going to carry the fight. And I, I just thought the whole Mayo support really got off their feet at that stage and they could sense what was coming but like all day he obviously defensively he was outstanding and his link play getting the ball out of defence but he always seemed to just get the middle of the field and he was happy enough just to let it go on the older Lee Keegan that we would expect bombing up to the far 21 it wasn't there but I, I think he just said right enough's enough I need a goal here and we need to get a score and to be fair to him it was an unbelievable kick off his right foot it was, it was. Um, and, and Sorry, Sorry, it was that came from a Niall Scully pass, yeah. the one I've never really seen before. He where he's nearly in corner forward and drives <laughs> it back out the field to Mick Fitzsimons, who was being marked. Brain dead stuff. And Niall Scully is almost encapsulates everything that's wrong with Dublin. Yeah. He he's gone into safety mode. He got the ball right half back position one time, soloed the whole way across the field, and kicked it back to Hill sixteen to the corner back. What is he doing? What is going on with these lads? Like, we'll just stick with Mayo and the and the and the spark for a second. Yeah. We'll get on to Dublin in a minute. Yeah. Because they drive you demented. Uh, looking at him I'll take your Lee Keegan point Aaron and that was a big moment in the game and the crowd got into it but Dublin scored the next two points to put five in it again yeah. now let's get back to the, the and, and in that time of Mayo not sparking you're right uh, Aaron uh, Carr missed a terrible one McLaughlin got a brilliant turnover the crowd cheered it ran up give it to Carr Carr kicks it wide you're like ah jeez then another ball kicked to Tommy Conroy who runs out over the sideline with it then like I mean Durkin kicked it away to the sweeper from a really good uh, position Mayo were not sparking at all and then you get to Dermot O'Connor right this is where the spark came T- I'm telling you this is where the spark came he did that McLaughlin got the point Flynn got one three in it now Mayo chased him down like a pack of wolves. Mm. Now Dublin couldn't get out of their full for, full back line. They couldn't get past the half back line. 63 minutes on, Mayo turned into this manic chasing down team. And Dublin, at that stage, Dublin just threw in the, pretty much threw in the towel. There, there, there was a great shoulder. <clears throat> I had to watch it back a few times to see who it was, but it was Ryan O'Donoghue who hit uh, Sean McMahon, had come on and hit him a shoulder and, and, and caught him lovely and, and, and McMahon had to go off um, but Mayo uh, won the turnover I'm not sure did he get the score from it but um, they had the bit between their teeth and the momentum was going with them and again um, the beauty of sport sometimes it, it, it's only a couple of inches between clicking and not clicking and when things start to come off uh, for you uh, positively 
just a bit of momentum then that comes with it in the conference. And then, sure, what happened from if you want that 63rd minute fully to the to the end of the injury time, just uh, Tommy Conroy, Ryan O'Donoghue, um, I thought Enda Hessian was 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 really good. I thought he brought an awful lot of pace. Um, oh, McLaughlin was 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 really good as well. Yeah. He went down to the forwards, well. you know. When Hessian came on, he McLaughlin. That was the change they made there, which I thought was interesting. Okay, um, yeah. that he went into the forwards. But yeah, you're right. Ryan O'Donoghue was excellent. He had a turnover on McCarthy. He caught yeah. Davy Byrne over carrying. Yeah. like two huge moments in in that game, and he was buzzing around. He really stood up and was counted. And Tommy Conroy, like That's you it. mentioned, he must have got th- he got three points in something like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and and then all of a sudden that happens, and then you're you're in the zone as a player, and and and. Uh, Everything comes off uh, for you, and uh, getting to that place is often the challenge. But uh, I'm just thinking of Ryan Ryan O'Donoghue when we were talking about his diet a couple of, a couple of months ago of the the plain chicken and pasta. Oh, yeah. so, so maybe uh, he has, he has the rest of the Mayo lads on the same diet. But, uh, <laughs> he's definitely he definitely didn't tire Ryan O'Donoghue. No, so he no. Did. And he went in <clears throat> on Merchant, um, and he drove the shoulder into Merchant. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, there's some of these ma- like some of these Mayo boys. Like I mean, like they, like they never gave up, even when you're looking at. 10-4 and they got to 10-5 you could see the body language where they'd give each other the fist as in we're, everyone else thinks they're gone yeah. but they're not thinking that at all yeah. um, Aaron like after the 63rd minute with the crowd and the emotion and Mayo growing 10 feet tall and Dublin almost shrinking there was only nearly one winner at that stage like I was watching it going like, you know and I've always said this on the show you're rooting to see Mayo beat Dublin at some stage and usually I'd think, ah, they'll never do it, they'll never do it. I was actually, remember, thinking, Jesus Christ, this is really on here. Like, I mean, this, they, you know, they, they, they're really going to do this here. Yeah, I suppose I, you were fortunate uh, that you were there. But even at home and watching on TV, you could sense that it was coming. Um, and I suppose another absolutely massive moment uh, in the second half as well was, you're speaking about him, uh, and, he, and he's a player that I think is he's just absolutely class, was Tommy Conroy. He goes at James McCarthy. Like this yeah. is James McCarthy we're talking about. But he, like McCarthy, standing ten yards off him and sent the half back, and Conroy just says, "Right, I am taking him on here." Goes full belt, gets past him, and gets a score at that stage. Like you're talking about a, a 21, 22 year old lad taking on arguably one of Dublin's greatest ever players. Um, but to have the confidence uh, to go and do that, and I suppose to have the knowledge that this has to happen now. Um, it was unbelievable to see him do that there and that really lifted his game like you say then the, the other two points then come straight off the back of it for him um, but that, that was a massive moment for someone so young to have the courage to take on a player of, of James McCarthy standing and deliver and put the ball over the bar because he hadn't scored he had one bad wide in the first half wasn't really in the game no. but he finished he was another one of those players that finished really really strong whenever he was needed most really came of age for them definitely did and like I mean you wouldn't be you wouldn't think it was out of order if Tommy Conroy had been taken off because like he wasn't in the game at all like the game he, he, he wasn't playing that well and then scored those three points altogether Evan Comerford <laughs> had an excellent game but he made two bad mistakes got caught for over carrying wouldn't say that's necessarily his fault. Nobody made it easy on him. Yeah. They're all like Dublin were at the stage there where they were almost scared. Yeah. And he got caught over carrying and he had a bad kick out for Ryan O'Donoghue point. They were the two. Now, a lot of people would say, Jesus, Stephen Cluxton wouldn't make them. But they were his only two mistakes. Yeah. Now, don't tell me Cluxton hasn't made two mistakes in a game because he has. Now, uh, Evan, Evan Comerford is a well-capable replacement for, for, for Stephen Cluxton. Um, Tottenham School, Lovely guy, very diligent and 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 very talented player. I thought the over carrying was a bit harsh. Um, uh, myself, and again, 
for me, poor refereeing. Um, Richard Mann trying to make up for some of the mistakes he'd made. But that's just my view on it. And then the kick-out was just a bad kick-out. And you can see where he was trying to go from the behind-the-camera uh, footage. <clears throat> um, I think it was the Fenton making a run to the, the Hogan stand side. He just miscued it and he hooked it in. And, and fairness to Mayo, uh, the tails are up. Now, Evan, uh, if I was chatting to him, when, when, when Mayo were getting a bit of momentum, he was still taking quick kick-outs. He probably, Stephen Clucks with his wisdom, would have probably slowed it down. And walked behind the goal and and, and uh, kicked a few balls away and took his time right. just to take a bit of a sting out of it. But uh, Evan was probably still quite quick. It's something I noticed on the on our own kickouts when we needed to actually just some go down and just take yeah. the, uh, take some the problem. Away. The problem is with slowing <coughs> it down and taking the momentum away. The short one's not there. The short and then you're going there. to midfield, you know. And then you're going to midfield. But I, I I'd be very comfortable going to midfield with, yeah. with uh, uh, Brian Fenton there because Brian cost some lovely balls, you know. Fenton tried very hard. Fenton I wouldn't believe yeah. uh, Fenton's uh, Kilkenny tried his heart out. Yeah. Now he was making some. Uh, Con O'Callaghan did not try his heart out, as far as I'm concerned. I was one stage in the first half where Fenton caught a lovely ball in midfield. And he looked up and Fenton's always, Fenton is not an, a Scully, a Howard, uh, you know, all these lads who want to go sideways. Fenton is a go forward man and with the foot. And he looked up and Con gave him nothing and he ended up having to turn around and give it back. And he stuck his hand up in the air like this as if to say, will you give me something? Now, I accept that some forwards like the Gooch or Bernard Brogan, the finishers yeah. don't often make those hard runs. But sometimes you have to. Yeah. And Kilkenny made those hard runs all day. But because Dublin weren't playing well, there were shite balls where it was a straight line run out towards the ball or, you know, an obvious yeah. one. So no, hand in. no support off the shoulder. <clears throat> there was only one where he had support off the shoulder with uh, John Sm- or uh, Paddy Small where he kicked a point at the start the or in the half, second, yeah. in, at the start, no, in the start of the water break uh, in the second half. It was a layoff from Kilkenny. But he had no support, Kilkenny. It's like he's winning a ball uh, and the attitude is, let's see what Kilkenny will do with it. There was no interplay. There was no lovely football. Dublin have completely forgotten how to play football, Jer. Like, is that outlandish for me to say they've forgotten how to kick football? It, 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 now, I, I, I made this comment about three years ago, now Dublin won in All-Ireland still, that Dublin were um, the likes of Kieran Kilkenny and, and, and Niall Scully. Kieran and Niall, like Niall played centre-forward for Dublin 21s and was known for winning his own ball and going past fellas and playing forward. Same for Brian Howard and Dublin when you see him playing with his club. And obviously Kieran Kilkenny, but the lads were being coached to preserve and protect the ball at all costs. That that instinctive nature that made them want to play Gaelic football in the first place yeah. and makes them forwards. That bit of spark uh, was coached out of them. And 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 Niall has gone and and Howard, they've gone all the way to the other side. They, Kieran, they're the two worst culprits for it now. And, Howard and Scully. Kieran was like that a couple of years ago, but he's, he's he's gone back to what he's good at. Yeah, uh, what he's great at. You know, so someone needs to grab a lot of the Dublin guys by the scruff of the neck and say we don't want you sole on the ball across R45 and playing a, a kick pass to the left corner back or the left as, as Scully did in the first half like that's like soccer type yeah. uh, stuff you know fair enough like you described at the start well, you've, you're playing against a packed defence and you're up at the opposition's 45 yes you do need to move it around to the other side to try and create pockets and yeah. move the defence around that's fine but when you're doing that in your own uh, 21 metre line like that's woeful that's woeful yeah. stuff. and it takes the momentum and the sting out and 
um, it's 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 disappointing, yeah, to see it, like you know. But, yeah, uh, two goals, Aaron. They've scored all the whole championship, <clears throat> and we know the one thing you you fear about playing Dublin is you can't concede goals against this team. That's their oxygen that gets the stadium behind them, and they can end up blowing you away. Two goals all year. They had no goal chances against Mayo other than Baskell, and that should never have been a goal chance. This style of football is not helping, though. It's playing into opposition's hands. The great thing about this, Aaron is well, very hard to criticise Dublin for not changing winning football. They won six in a row, mm. but they've gradually gotten worse at it. Yeah. Now they can change and go back and kick football. They've been beaten. This has not worked for them. And again, you'll always say, if they're playing a Kildare camping inside, OK, <coughs> over and back and they know how to do that. Mm. They're overdoing it all over the field now, Aaron, where they're, they're taking no risks. They're not playing through a half forward line. They're not playing kick and ball football. They've forgotten how to kick football. Yeah, and this goes back to like we had a game with a chat a couple of weeks ago where Mickey Hart was saying like no for no nobody should have to win their own ball. If you're an intercounty footballer, there comes a stage where you need a man up, go one v one and win your own ball. There has to be a certain amount of risk. If you want to go and get goals, you want to finish teams off, you want to punish them, there's teams you just need to cut loose, let the ball on. So how do you do that there? You have to have your forward structure up the field that are running that half-forward lane hard. Like you say, if that's what Neil Scully was at an underage player where he won his own ball, he was direct, mm-hmm. he took his own man on, that's his strength as a player. Like Honestly, anybody who plays Gaelic football could do what he was doing the other day. It's not hard to no. run around mm-hmm. in open space, sideways, solo and fist and going back to his. Literally anybody can do that. Not a Dublin footballer, not a footballer who's going for seven in a row, someone who's an all-star. Um, you know, That's not what it's about for those guys. And, and to be fair, yeah, maybe they have just lost their way. You know, maybe they have got bored of the whole thing. Maybe the excitement of everything, you know, it's just not there for them anymore. Yes, this loss will be a massive wake-up call for them. And anyone who's really on board and wants to turn it around and wants to get back winning, that hunger won't be too long coming back from what we've seen from them this year. Like that, that's a terrible stat. Like the Two, three goals they were scoring every game. Um, you know, let alone, and yet we have to remember they played Wexford. You yeah. know, they were playing me. They played Kildare. You would have said their first real challenge was going to come uh, was the other day. And of all the games against Mayo, this is the first time that they haven't scored a goal against Mayo in all of these battles that we have seen in Championship football. But the reason for it is because of the style of play they're playing, how cagey they were, how much they were trying to avoid contact, avoid risky passes. Um, you're never like don't you, you need to get that ball up the field so you can get a one-on-one situation. You know where there's more space where other players haven't got a chance to drop back. Um, and like I said, just the way they've been developing and evolving over the past few years, they've sort of they've created their own downfall uh, to a certain extent. Well, that, well, that's it. And a huge loss has been Paul Mannion. Like mm. I mean, and Desi wasn't playing him last year. Like he's going to show for you. He's a good foil for for Con because Con's lazy and wants to stay. Well, I don't want to say lazy in a bad way, but his movement is is well, poor. Well, he, he's a he, finisher. He, he had a poor season this year. Yeah, by he his did. Standards. Yeah. But you're losing Kilkenny off the half forward line, who's a bit of creativity. Do you know what I mean? Like Paddy Small's a decent offensive half forward, yeah. but like I mean, the whole structure of the forward line is not based around getting it in and running off them. Scully's all around the field, fluting around. Like, I mean, Kilkenny's inside along with uh, along with Con. You have uh, Cormac Costello running around after Paddy Dirk and he doesn't really know how to play in the half forward line. And you have Paddy Smalls, the only one in the half forward line that looks some bit offensive and dangerous, you know? Like, I mean, they're not structured towards playing a good kicking game. They've gone completely to the dark side of being a, a horrible team to watch. 
Yeah, it was. It was. It, was, it is hard watching them. It, it's. Uh, it's frustrating. It, like it, I mean, because because they are again a guy, and you know, Aaron talked about Scully there and his strength. Like Niall made the Dublin senior team because of his strengths, which is he's a forward attacking footballer. He didn't make it, you know, to do what he was doing the weekend. Kieran Kilkenny made it because he's a forward attacking footballer. He was fluting around a couple of seasons ago for a couple of seasons with the hand pass left and the hand pass right. So thankfully he's gotten that out of his game. So the 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 the, the coaching and, and and the game plan, the offensive game plan, definitely has to change. Uh, you know, Dublin played the weekend actually the way they played against Wexford in the first game. Just Wexford didn't have the quality. You know, it was the same uh, um, lethargy that was uh, uh, on show against Wexford that we seen there on the, on Saturday evening as well. Just Mayo uh, have better players uh, to kind of challenge them, but. It's definitely a shift does have to happen and, and, and it has to happen quick. If you look at when Colin Basquell came on, he, fair enough, he went in for the goal chance, right? And yes, absolutely should have been stopped. Um, but he actually went for it. Um, another opportunity where Colin Basquell, he ran through the middle and now he took too much out of it. Yeah. But, but that's his game plan. Yeah, now, but that, he, that's he, not, he needs to lay it off, but yeah. there's no one coming off and then. What he do, what he gets away with at club level because of his size and his speed. Doesn't he, get away with county. That's not intercounty no, football. No, he's going to be found. He has been found out. That's why he can't get on the team because he's a one trick pony, and that works at club and when you're dominating physically. Yeah. it's not working at intercounty. He doesn't look an intercounty player. Why is Desi not coaching him and telling him how to play? Um, and that's where you need to probably look at: Can we get a Paul Mannion back into the squad? Like Paul was obviously fed up and fatigued and 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 whatnot. Um, but we need our better players, our better forwards available uh, for selection. Uh, and again, you can't force fellas to play. And it's it's this isn't uh, me giving out about the double management. If a guy wants to step away after one and winning what he's won, Jack and and uh, and Paul. And bear in mind, both Jack took a year off during his uh, career yeah. uh, to go to Africa, and Paul took a year off during his career to go to I think China with the the course. So. They're, they're one thing about those two players there, they don't pass sideways. Jack McCaffrey doesn't go sideways. Go Paul forward. Mannion doesn't go do, Paul Mannion, it yeah. would break his heart to win a ball and throw it back off out. To, yeah. He'd turn around take, fronting up his man and going at him. Yeah. Jack McCaffrey doesn't go sideways. He doesn't know how to. Yeah. You know, they're two big players to and, miss. Well, an, an, an example that uh, Aaron described of uh, Tommy Conroy going to James McCarthy there uh, out in the 45, um, you know, that's something that Paul Mannion and, and uh, the likes of Jack McCaffrey do. But the Dublin fellas that are there, Ah Niall Scully and uh, Brian Howard, they're more than capable of of doing that, of of taking the guy on or being more offensive when it's on, as opposed to running into two or three fellas, you know. But um, look at it, uh, Dublin; they've come to the end of an era um, in some ways with a lot of guys leaving and new management coming in. And yes, Desi won last year, which is brilliant. Desi also won minor and under twenty twenty one All Ireland, so. Uh, he's a wonderful manager and a wonderful coach and this is just a transition uh, period and, and um, you will be hoping that things will obviously change and progress in terms of how we play when we get back to the National League next year that, that it is a more uh, attacking kick kick passing style of football where we are encouraging guys to go forward as opposed to the, the board and stuff we're seeing now. Yeah, exactly. Do you see Desi staying? Aaron, it looks like Jerry sees him staying for another year. Like, I mean, there, there is a bit of fallout out of this. Like, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to 
uh, criticise him too much. He did win an All-Ireland last year, but why is Mannion not playing? Why, Cluxton gone this year. They're playing dreadfully boring football, much more. When you think back to the Kerry game two years ago under Jim Gavin, the five in a row, like they beat Kerry at a foot kick in football. And Kerry's, the, in my opinion, is the best footballing team in the country. You know, like, I mean, how could they have gone so downhill to this crap within two years of Desi's reign? But he still won an uh, All-Ireland. He did win an All-Ireland. Right? No, no, we've said and, that. And, 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 and sorry for cutting across, Aaron, but to actually take on a senior management job of a team that's won five in a row. Yeah. That's no, a poison challenge. So that says a lot about him too. It was. Just no, to put that, that out there. But, but anyway... No, I, I I agree with Jared there, like, and I, I do think he'd stay on. Um, but it, it probably was very difficult for him because while you had he's coming in and obviously he knows them all from minor from under twenty one, he was successful with them. Then they're all a lot older, wiser, more experienced now, um, much more successful in terms of what they've done. So you know, I'm not saying it's egos or whatever, but boys just get into their own. Once you've won what you've won, like it is so hard then to, I don't know, to change mindsets, to to create something completely new there. Um, so he had his work cut out. Like everyone in the country, realistically, would have run a million miles away from that job because you'd mm. say, like they've just done what couldn't be done before. Can you better it? No, he was never going to be able to better what ha- what had gone before him. Um, but I do think whenever they sit back and reflect, um, obviously there is wonderful footballers in Dublin. Um, he probably needs to freshen up his panel again, um, but I, I do see him staying on. Um, and but I, I see him with a bit of work to do now in terms of regenerating the squad. Um, but yes, there, there was distractions. Like if you go right back to the Cluxton thing, I, again, I, I don't know whether it was just handled poorly in terms of the warden to come out after that Wexford game or whatever. But for me. If I sit and I look back now, it was just very disappointing for somebody. Like, if Stephen had an issue with the COVID breach, fair enough. Like, you just say it and you sort it out. Or if you're leaving, leave that it's not hanging over the whole team all year or making your new management, realistically, let's be honest, look foolish. Yeah. You know, have a bit of respect for him or for your teammates or whatever. And just, just cut loose and say, right, that's it, I've retired and put an end to it. But it, it dragged on. Then, Eric Lowndes had left. Then Paul Mannion wasn't coming back. The other retirements, you could say, right, there were people that were always going to retire. But there was just a few bits and pieces um, that you never seen with Dublin or, or you absolutely never seen with, with Jim Gavin's era uh, or Pat Gillery, uh, for that matter, beforehand. So we've just seen Dublin for 10 or 12 years now where the team, the team ethos has come absolutely first and any issues have been nailed straight away. Um, there's just an awful lot of stuff that seemed to be flying around this year, which was just very unusual for them. Yeah, yeah. no, there definitely was. Do you have anything to say on that? No, and, and, and look, and, and there's no smoke without fire, and 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 we've all been in inter-county setups where your mates are telling you, "I heard this fella did that," and you're like, "That's absolutely crazy." But sometimes they might say something to you, and you're like, "Yeah, there's a bit of truth in that," but you can't tell them anyway because you got to keep it tight. Yeah. So. Again, that's just another example of of, of, of of why Dublin are where they are at the moment. Um, uh, a lot of frustrations, a lot of um, uh, mixed messages going out there. Um, but the, the other thing that we haven't really mentioned also, well, we've touched on with Paul Mannion being gone and Jack, but the quality of guy coming through, like like that the minor team that Desi had with, with, with Paul Mannion, Jack McCaffrey, uh, David Byrne, uh, Kenny James, Small, Kilkenny, like like that. John Small on that too. That's that, that's just Lounge. an incredible cohort, and and I know we're not getting into funding and all that stuff with Dublin, but 
our Dublin minors and our Dublin twenties aren't necessarily doing as well at the moment. And I've seen these teams as well. And there's not a whole lot of guys I would say at the moment in our twenties setup who would be good enough to go in and push for a place um, on a senior team or even the top 20 that's there at the moment. So so Dublin is definitely in uh, a transition, but um, you can only stay on top of the mountain for so long, like, you know, yeah. in that sport. Well, they'll come back re- re- refreshed and rejuvenated hopefully next year with a different game plan so we can start uh, admiring <laughs> their football again. Right, we'll leave it there, Les, we'll come back with performance of the weekend. OK, so performance of the weekend, they're all on the Mayo side, um, which isn't uh, surprising. We'll, we'll start with Lee Keegan. Um, I, I don't know. I've been very, very critical, um, Aaron, of James Horn's decision to play him as a cornerback because he's their inspirational leader. Um, he, has, he has guts. He, ha- he, he doesn't give in. The Mayo crowd love him. And yes, I know you can go forward from, from cornerback and we saw him doing that probably from fullback um, on Saturday. But when he goes forward, he makes a difference. Now, I'd way rather see him doing it from the number five position and go forward maybe three or four times more often and from a further forward position. Like, why Mayo don't do that? Like, I was thinking with Harrison back now, um, and he'll have a month to get right for the final, you could go Hesse and Harrison and Ahura and then stick Keegan out uh, number five. Like, he's so inspirational. I know he was good defensively now, but Khan never moved. And he intercepted a couple of balls and he did, you know, good defending. I don't think he's the best marking cornerback in the world. I think he's, you know, one of the best wing backs in the game. I can't get my head around this, Aaron. What do you think? I don't understand it either. And like, I only think I was playing halfback uh, in comparison to Lee Keegan. Like for me, um, he has been the best halfback I've ever seen in the game. Uh, and that's a big call given some of the big names that have gone before him, the likes of your most she is and that there but he can do absolutely everything he's an inspiration you know driving forward he's an inspiration he was able to blot out some of the best players uh you know his desire his, like his willingness to do whatever it takes to blot out his man and still have the hunger to get up the field and get on the end of things and make things happen and his ability to kick big scores whenever he's been given man marking jobs is unbelievable um I don't understand what James Horn is doing because I think he's taken away so much of what his natural strengths are um, in terms of putting him cornerback, fullback. Um, I think if he's trying to keep him on board for the next few years, his reading of the game, he could he could maybe play a fullback for another year or two to, to keep him on board. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I love to see him on the ball out around the halfback lane, driving up the field, making things happen, getting stuck into you know everything that's happening around the middle third. Um, but Again, regardless of where you play him, who you ask him to mark, uh, whenever he's really needed, he absolutely delivers every time. And just somebody I love watching him playing football. Who who are we to tell James Horan what to do after masterminding, um, you know, beating the dubs? But this one thing that it's definitely something we've been saying. And like, there's nothing wrong with Lee Keegan's uh, physical fitness. Like, I mean, he was still going strong, you know, right yeah. to the end of, of extra time. So that's not an excuse. I don't know. I just love to see it. Like, when he goes forward, he makes it happen. And I like think of the way we look at Lee Keegan. Imagine what the young lads 
playing do? I mean, yeah, one moment of inspiration, we mentioned his point, that got a huge cheer. You just, I don't know, I just love to see more of that. It, it, I tell you, it, it's a question I, I would love someone to ask James Horn at the end of the season, um, if, he, if he's open enough to, to tell us why, because I think everyone who, who has watched Lee Keegan would love and prefer to see him play on the half-forward line. and uh, Half-back line. At the half-back line, and as we, we've probably described before, like playing half as a half-back being put into the full-back line, it's a different sport. Uh, uh, it's just a different game that you're playing, like, you know. Now, the fitness thing was the only thing I thought of, that maybe he is preserving him. Um, I remember Westport won the, the Intermediate All-Ireland a few yeah. years ago, and Lee came back a bit plump, and uh, he was struggling for his fitness for a while. But he, he, he um, seems to be playing the full back line uh, ever since. But um, obviously, Horn, maybe he's looking at the age profiles. He's looking at his middle age. He wants more legs around there. Um, and, and, and he's probably weighing up all those different things. But um, for Keegan, like he would have, it was the Con last year's final. Um, Semi finally got done a couple of two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. So, so like after that experience, I didn't think he'd play in the full back line again after after that that one, yeah. But obviously, he's uh, he's put him back out there, you know. Yeah, well, the the only thing I would say about that semi final, that semi final was I I was at the RMA game that year and he had he picked up an awful bad ankle injury and they patched him up. And to be fair, now Con's obviously a terrific goal scorer, but he wasn't turning that day in particular, like he just was flat footed whenever Con went at him. but still, that's no excuse. He just looks weird even with number three or number four on his back. Get number five back and get him out there and give us all something to enjoy. Yeah, yeah. and Paddy Durkin's a number seven anyways. Five looks wrong on Durkin. I like five. I like <laughs> yeah, Durkin yeah. with a number seven. But, He's and uh, But you mentioned with Keegan, bar the point he kicked, you could see when he was, you know, linking the ball, a transition from the defence out, he was stopping at the half. Uh, at midway point and going back to his position so maybe from a leadership point of view and structural point of view maybe Horn wants him in there to keep the younger guys um, to teach them maybe organise them maybe but even he's like his goal scoring threat from half back is off the charts he scored three goals against Dublin in those big games like I mean I don't know why you would want to lose that anyways Rob Henley um Flawless, really, which is not kind of analysis we usually do about Rob Henley. No offence to him on a Monday after a, after a big game. Kickouts were excellent. Yeah. Um, what happened? Is it? Do you know what happened with that forty-five at the end, um, Gerald? I'll ask you. Like the, the commentary got that all wrong. That was not yeah. taken again because of Philly McMahon. He was long gone. Yeah. at that stage. I I, I was watching it, and, and again, I had to be at home the weekend just the way things went. I'm watching the telly and. I was saying Philly is nowhere near this. He, he's he's gone back inside there, yeah. like, you know. Uh, he's nowhere near it. Uh, and it was only last night watching back the Sunday game where they highlighted. I think Stephen Cohen, uh, his, his cousin Darren, was coming on from. And there Stephen, was a sub coming on. Sub that coming was on. So 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 Mayo got the advantage for having sixteen players on the pitch themselves. So it was another poor call from Connor Lane. They right. asked me uh, that the first one was missed and was missed, and that was it. So because Mayo had their own player on the pitch. Uh, they were given an opportunity to retake it. That was that's based on what we seen on the Sunday game last yeah. night. The referee might have a different story. Because the, the, the linesman was in beside him, Aaron, when he was taking that forty-five, and you wouldn't you wouldn't see that. So there was obviously a break in play for some. I was at the game, and I remember thinking like the referee wasn't ready for this first one. So it happened, and the referee was like, like mm. there was nothing to do with Philly McMahon. It was that there was a sub coming in and out, and the ref wasn't ready. Yeah. And uh, it looked by the, by the looks of things, Henley was a little bit over eager because there was obviously so much pressure on it, and maybe didn't want to wait that little bit longer. Because you know, obviously, it's the same. Yeah. 
yeah. the longer you wait over something. But geez, he showed a lot of guts now. And I, I remember it was the league final, he had a great game against Kerry and we all went, you know, that's finally redemption for yeah. Henley after the few mistakes. Well, there's two big redemption games now, Aaron. So I think we're past redemption for Henley at this stage. Yeah, like you have to be delighted for him, you know, because for someone to put themselves out there as often and the one thing about goalkeeper is, you know, there's no respite for you. Like if you make a mistake, it tends to be costly and everyone jumps on your case, you know. So to have the resilience to come back um, and, you know, he was turning and throwing between himself and David Clark as well for, for the majority of his career. But yeah, you couldn't but be happy for him. And for him to be able to deliver um, in those clutch moments uh, was absolutely superb. Keep a clean sheet again, absolutely massive, albeit that, you know, he didn't have a whole pile to do uh, with that regard. But a great day out for him. Um, and he'll be going into an All-Ireland now full of confidence and looking forward. And, and, and just what Aaron touched on there, when... Clark and, and, and Henley were kind of interchanging on and off over the 10 years or so. The fact that Clark is gone, uh, retired, and Henley is now the main man. He's more secure. He's more secure and a bit of confidence that comes from that then as well. Because his kickouts were, were immaculate. They were landing right on the sideline. Like they were, and it's not often you don't see Dublin um, uh, not turn over an opposition kickout, which, you know, nearly 50-60% of opposition kickouts. That's what Dublin used to be up to, but... I think Mayo won 90%. 90% he executed. Yeah. 90%, 91% it said that he executed. You know, and against Dublin, um, a team who know what you're going to do or are well planned for it, like that, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And then, like I said, you, you throw in what he did from the dead ball and the distance that he was, he's not kicking 30 meter freeze here. Um, you know, some of them were 50 metres out. Um, so, absolutely brilliant for him. Delighted yeah. for him. He was putting a lot to the left half back position there under the Hogan stand. Um, mm. A lot of them. He was even hooking some of them out there. Other two, Tommy Conroy, like we mentioned, that really came into it at a yeah. vi- vital stage. I thought James McCarthy let him in very softly. That's another thing. We, yeah. James McCarthy didn't play well at all uh, that time. There's no way he usually lets, would let a lad inside him like that. Ryan O'Donoghue got five, two from playing a mark. The mark was very important at the time. Mm-hmm. Drove his shoulder into Merchant. Hey, he's a bit about him. Ryan O'Donoghue who's winning me over I wasn't sure if he was a top level forward but I'm yeah. starting to think that he he probably is um, definitely up there he's got great heart that's one thing I really like about him and he doesn't he, he, he'd have loads of confidence um, they're, the, they're the shortlist Parik O'Hora though I suppose he's kind of introduced himself onto the national stage a, a warrior yeah. uh, strong we know yeah. he's got uh, is it army background or did he he did some RTE show or whatever he did like, ah, I mean, boys, did, did, did you not see have you seen Ultimate Hell Week yeah, I didn't any see corner forward gone in oh, <laughs> the man's insane yeah. absolutely the stuff that he put himself through to win that TV show was mental oh, he won that TV There's show not, you, you, you wouldn't entertain it for an evening what he put himself through for that <laughs> full week so and do you see the, the interview after the game and yeah. I know you'd spoken the show a few times about the confidence or the way he speaks like there's no bullshit out of him whatsoever there's no talking there's no PR lanes or anything with him he just literally says exactly what he's thinking like and for him to come out and be so honest um, after it and, and say what he said like we have one plan and we're sticking to it yeah, you know like he, he means business but he his A's even if you're looking at him doing that there interview you're thinking this man's not wisely, <laughs> you know, there's nothing going to put him off his game. Uh, but yeah, very, very like wholehearted player, like unbelievable, but just really, really focused as well. And, and what a performance, what a year he's having for them also. Yeah, he's real. He's yeah. definitely real. And I loved his interview. Look at this place, what it means to all of us. I can't even describe it. Unbelievable. It's the best day of my life. Like, you know, I don't know what it means to all of us. 
I love yeah. the way he said that because he was including the crowd in that. Yeah. And I just thought that was just an incredible, like he's not just saying, oh, what it means to the group. You yeah. know, this old bullshit. Yeah. What it means to all of us in the stadium as the crowd's going mad. And I was just like, oh my God. It's, I don't know. There was just something incredible about the way he spoke, even though the place was so loud. But he is really, he's a hardy bit of stuff. Now, those straight line runs, any corner backward to solved is getting up behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, Kilkenny got out in front of me. He held Kilkenny up, which is a very, very difficult thing to do because Kilkenny's like a bull and if he turns around to go at you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dublin forwards tend not to take their men on anymore. You know, I'd like, he did brilliantly well on Comer. You know, a huge test now if, if they end up playing Kerry. Like, yeah. that's the ultimate test for Keegan and O'Hora and these fellas. Uh, no, definitely. Um, like... Mayo actually were, were, were you could see that they were kind of protecting the goal a bit they didn't want to uh, leave themselves open for most of the game until probably the very end when they had to push on a bit and, and they were chasing it but uh, I would certainly see Kerry probably taking uh, Throne no disrespect to Throne um, uh, when they play in two weeks time and I think the Kerry forward unit the way they're moving they're, they have definitely been the best unit um, that we've seen uh, between the league and the championship so far and it'll pose just a different challenge but but again, the type of character he is uh, from what he did with the Army show and, and, and again, the way he played and the way he spoke, he, he just taken a stride. Yeah, um, he's 27, like he's mature, you know, yeah. this, uh, you know and he's yeah. been around the panel a couple of years. Well, 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 well see, as a back and, and, and as a keeper, and, and, and again, Aaron talked about when a keeper makes a mistake, it's amplified because of how close he is to the goal. Same for a fullback. But as a fullback and a cornerback, sometimes you've got to say to the lads, I said, look, at, you're, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But, you know, if you lose some, don't let them get in for a goal. If he kicks a point, fair play to him, obviously put him under pressure. But, you know, if you break 50-50 or 60-40 against a decent forward, well, that's good enough, like, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll get our half-back line in to support you. And that's what probably Horn will be saying to the likes of him, uh, whoever he's marking, whether it's, it's a, a Tyrone player or a Kerry man, in four weeks' time, and uh, just keep doing what he's doing, like, you know. But it'll be a different challenge, but... I don't think you, we won't get too much of a change out of the uh, Kerry, uh, the Mayo full back line or their backs in terms of how they played. Oshin Mullen will probably slot back in then with uh, McLaughlin uh, due to miss out, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, so. yeah, that'll be it. Or Hesse might come back in mm. as well. But we'll wait and see. Anyways, I think the performance of the weekend has to go to Lee Keegan. As I say, we'll all agree on that. Um, Ahora got man of the match on RT. Sky gave it to Lee Keegan. I watched the match back. I didn't think there was any player close to Keegan um, on the field that day. So, like, I mean, arguably the greatest wing back that has ever played the game playing in cornerback so we leave it there congratulations Lee Keegan come on James Horan let's, let's, let's release that man <laughs> um, we'll be back on Thursday and we'll talk to you all then good luck but this little dink ball no one in the crowd are there where it's a fist pass the weight is taken over hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest why do you not do many interviews oh really yeah, I've been asked to do hopefully. really yeah have you ever rang me and they're roaring at me, I coffee, you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>